I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, masks and mandates. We have two big pandemic storylines emerging this week as the latest surge of the coronavirus fades in the Bay Area. First, masks. Public health officials on Thursday are set to unveil new rules for indoor mask wearing. What we're expecting is some criteria that Bay Area counties will need to meet before they can loosen orders on face coverings. Second, vaccine mandates. They continue to be a source of political controversy, but they also seem to be working quite well, especially in San Francisco. Returning to the podcast is Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. Welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me, Damien. Aaron, what are we expecting on mask rules? So on Thursday, as you pointed out, the um, the main Bay Area health officers um, are expected to kind of unveil um, the criteria for when they might be ready to to loosen up our mask mandates. So as everybody knows in the Bay Area, we've been all of the counties except for Solano have been under a pretty strict indoor mask mandate that requires every single person, regardless of if they're vaccinated or not, to wear a mask indoors in all settings. Uh, and so what we're going to see tomorrow is the the counties for the first time are going to tell us what they need to see in terms of case rates, in terms of vaccination rates, in, ter- in terms of hospitalization, what numbers they want to reach uh, that will make them feel confident in lifting or at least easing up some of those mandates and letting people take their masks off, at least in, in some uh, certain situations. All right. So you're talking about meeting criteria, meeting benchmarks in the future. Why not just wait until that happens and do it then? Why lay out the sort of road ahead? Because frankly, people get really frustrated not knowing, you know, what those benchmarks are. And I think what we've seen, um, and this is this has been playing out over the last few weeks now, is this sort of mounting uh, frustration and, you know, people are just kind of stressed out and they're not, they're sort of not understanding why we're still wearing masks. Um, especially in certain situations where, you know, in San Francisco, they require vaccination, you know, proof of vaccination before you go into a lot of settings. And so people are thinking, well, if I'm vaccinated and everybody there with me is vaccinated, why are we still wearing masks? And you have the county saying, you know, we have our reasons, um, but but we're we're kind of not going to tell you exactly what they are. And we're also not going to tell you when this mandate might go away. So people just need to, you know, it's all about kind of transparency. People feel a lot more comfortable. They feel better about going along with the mandate if they understand, you know, that there is an endpoint and they understand what that endpoint is and how they can get there. All right. Are we going to see a return to color coding, though, Aaron? No, we will not. Thank goodness. <laughs> All right. So before we get a little bit more into that, uh, what is allowing us to do this? What do the infections look like right now in the Bay Area? We're in reasonably good shape. We're definitely coming into the downside of this Delta surge. Uh, cases and hospitalizations, pretty much like all of the metrics that we might look at, are about half of what they were actually maybe maybe closer to a third of what they were at the peak now of the delta surge which you know now that we have some hindsight looks like it was about mid-august so we're down we've dropped quite a bit in all kind of measures since then um but we're still quite a bit higher than we were back in say june 15th when the state reopened so that's when we hit our lows where for example with case rates we were in the bay area around two to three cases per 100,000 people reported every day and right now we're at about 10 cases per 100,000 and in the peak we were at close to 30 cases per 100,000 so 
we we have improved a lot, but we're still kind of not where we necessarily want to be. It's, you know, what we'll find out on Thursday is what case rates our health officers want to see to uh, let us be able to ease up some of these mandates. Some people are thinking it's going to be around the five cases per 100,000, you know, realm. But but again, we will we'll find out those details on Thursday. All right. I want to talk a little bit more about mask fatigue. Aaron, we all feel it. Obviously, we would love to retire those to the pandemic museum sometime in the near future. And we in the Bay Area, we haven't seen, you know, these scenes where people are shouting this outrage about mask wearing, um, but we are fatigued. So when it comes to public health officials, is fatigue something that they take into account? Yes, absolutely. Um you know, they definitely, they're very aware that people are, they're stressed out, they're exhausted, um, that this is a really, this is a hard thing we've been through. And on the one hand, you know, folks will tell you masks are a really easy lift, right? It's a super easy thing for people to do. It's honestly not that big of a deal to put a piece of cloth over your mouth and and wear that on BART or wear that to the grocery store um, or even wear it, you know, if you're in an office. But it's this you know, there's something about masks that are just, they're very symbolic of what we've all been through. Um, and I think people are just, they're sick of seeing them everywhere. They're sick of having it on their face. They're sick of, you know, not being able to smile at each other and, and feeling like, you know, their voice can't be heard literally. And, you know, just all the kind of like minor aggressions, like the come from wearing, wearing a mask, um, all of those sort of those, those, those kind of daily stressors. I think that that's what, what people are really feeling right now. And, and they just want to know that there's going to be a time where they, they can take them off and sort of have that, just that kind of breath of fresh air. Right. Yeah. Even the mayor of San Francisco is quite fatigued with masks. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is we're seeing people that have throughout the last 18 months plus been very supportive of, of mitigation efforts like masks, including Mayor Breed um, and, and down in Santa Clara County, the Board of Supervisors who have been so supportive of their health officer, Dr. Cody. They started pushing back on her. They're like, we just need some guidance here. We need you to tell us, you know, when when can we kind of move on past these masks? And so we're seeing people that have been just so supportive, have been really, you know, compliant throughout this pandemic, starting to say, okay, enough already. Like when when can we ease up? All right, couple small questions. What about statewide orders? Do these intersect? Uh, what takes precedence? So the statewide order is very different from the local orders. The statewide order, the state has not ever reinstated a a sort of universal mask mandate. So the state order now requires people who are not vaccinated to wear masks indoors, although that's not really enforced. In fact, it's very poorly enforced because it's up to the business or or organization to decide if they're going to demand proof. It's really kind of a a trust exercise. Um, And then, of course, the state also requires masking in schools. Um, so that's not going away anywhere and not anytime soon. And also in healthcare settings, um, we're still required, I think, by federal mandate to wear masks on public transit. So there are definitely spaces that, that will not be affected by whatever the local county health officers do. And schools, will it affect schools? Nope, not schools at all. Schools, that will stay in place for a long time. Okay. And one health official talking about the road ahead told you, if things get bad again, we still have that tool in our back pocket. What does that mean? So what they're thinking, I think once part of some of the reluctance some of these health officers have faced in dropping the mandate is thinking we're about to enter the fall and winter. We were hit really hard by a surge last fall and winter. 
things that won't get that bad this year, but we still might see another spike in cases. You know, they were burned by Delta. They weren't expecting that summer Delta surge. Um, and so they're, they're thinking we could see another uptick in cases, you know, in a couple of months in the fall and winter. And they don't want to have to take away a, man, a mandate and then put it back in place. That's unfortunate. But what that health officer was saying is, you know, that they, even if they re- remove that mandate, which they have, you know, in a couple of counties, that, that they, they can still always bring it back, that that is something they can kind of keep, as he said, in their pocket and they can reinstate it if they, if they really need to. And, you know, that's, that is a reassurance to him. Or if they perhaps fall out of the criteria or don't hit a benchmark. I mean, I think that's a, that will be an interesting question that we'll, we'll have to ask them on Thursday is, you know, if they meet this criteria and loosen the mandates, does that also mean that if they, like you said, fall out of that criteria, that that means the mandates come back in play? I don't think it'll be that simple, but honestly, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll know more about that on Thursday. All right, let's take a quick break. We're going to have more with Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday on mask rules and vaccine mandates right after this. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support this show and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday. I want to ask you one more question, Aaron, about mask rules. Are there people that actually would like masking to stay in place more strictly as we head into the holiday season? Yeah, definitely. I actually spoke with a couple of business owners who said that they would prefer to have masks stick around for a long time. And they're not the only ones. There are quite a few, you know, individuals, um, um, public health experts. I think, honestly, some of these health officers, if they just, you know, if they weren't worried about fatigue and all, would happily keep these in place for longer. Um, And for the business owners I talked to, the reasoning is that it gives them the stability. Um, Masking is what lets them stay open and not have to worry about, you know, cases swelling and not have to worry about their own employees getting sick, even if they're vaccinated, getting a breakthrough infection and being out for a week and a half. If you're a small business and you're coming up on, you know, what you hope will be a successful Christmas season after last year, and you have, you know, vaccinated staff members suddenly getting sick and needing to be off for 10 days, that really puts you in a jam. So, you know, they're kind of, a few of them are, are, are saying, you know, we, we kind of would prefer to keep a mandate in place because that just makes things easier for us. Plus, you know, it's frankly mandates when, when they're for the vaccinated versus unvaccinated and they're kind of, you know, complicated rules, it makes it hard for them to enforce. Um, and there's there is some sort of comfort and reassurance that comes from the county stepping in and saying, no, this is this is what you must do. And that can take some pressure off of off of business owners. Let's switch gears and talk about vaccine mandates, obviously a huge political issue. But but Aaron, Trisha Thanani, our, our colleague at City Hall, is reporting about vaccinations rates for San Francisco city employees because they have been mandated to do it or else they could face up to firing. She writes that in the last couple of weeks, more than 900 San Francisco City employees have gotten vaccinated because they face that September 30th deadline. What is going on? Yeah, and that number is even higher now. Trisha, I just talked with her and it's actually closer to it's it's up around a thousand employees now that have been vaccinated just recently around that that deadline. Um and I mean it's pretty simple. What this tells us is that vaccine mandates work. 
Um, and I know that, you know, when, when vaccinations were starting to roll out and we were getting them into greater groups and there was already kind of talk of, of how much vaccine hesitancy would there be? And, you know, what were we going to do about people who were reluctant? And early on, there were, you know, a lot of public health experts that study this stuff. Like they make a career out of studying vaccination resistance and hesitancy and, and what kind of motivates people. And they said, you know, decades of studies show us that when you mandate something that that is effective, um, you know, it gets it, it really moves people um, to to get something to get something done. And it's really right on the deadline. I mean, what is what does that tell us? The police department in recent weeks and, and Muni, the transportation agency, have talked about needing to change service, cut service adjust their strategies based on having less staff. But then right as we hit the deadline, we start to see these things stack up. Yeah. I mean, I think that to me, I was, I was kind of reassured with, uh, with Trisha's story about the, you know, the, the employees that were getting vaccinated right up to the deadline, because I was thinking the same thing about the, the police and the muni drivers and thinking, okay, well, you know, they still have a little bit of time. So hopefully, hopefully they will kind of, you know, get it together. You know, they're just kind of, I don't know if they're sort of hoping that they might get a last minute reprieve or, you know, these are folks who really, really don't want to be vaccinated, I guess, and are just like going to put it off to the last minute. That's going to, you know, they, that's, that's what you do. Like when there's, when you have to do something that you don't want to, you tend to, to put it off as long as you can. Right. So I think that's kind of what we're looking at. And then, like I said, also maybe hoping that there will be some reprieve, maybe enough people will get vaccinated that they'll drop mandates, but that's not going to happen. Obviously they're just going to have to do it. The golden state warriors as well. One of their best players, Andrew Wiggins did get vaccinated. Our colleagues, report. He was going to have to sit out home games in San Francisco, lose millions of dollars. He said, quote, I feel like the only options were to get vaccinated or not be in the NBA. Again, vaccine mandate seems to be working. But but are we seeing some of these same things across the private sector? We are. I mean, we definitely saw, you know, some some big businesses were among the first to sort of, you know, require employees get vaccinated. Um, and I think that we don't we don't have a lot of good numbers in terms of how effective those have been. Um, you know, we know some big healthcare providers have had really, really good success with, with increasing vaccination uptake because of, of mandates. Um, so there's, you know, that's not quite a private sector, but that, that sort of gives us a sense of, of where this extends beyond just, you know, city and county mandates. Um, but I mean, yeah, I'm pretty much anywhere you look, mandates are going to be successful. I think what's interesting is we haven't seen much in the form of these religious exemptions. Um, so most places that, that, you know, are requiring or mandating vaccinations offer that sort of religious opt out, but it looks like, you know, I mean, I know in Andrew Wiggins case, they wouldn't, they turned down his request for religious exemption. Um, so we've seen, and, and so far we've seen that there aren't very high percentages of people being granted those exemptions. So, you know, I think we still need some clarity on, on what's going on there, but it looks like that's, that's not an option that is available to most people. So Aaron, we mentioned all of the people that are just barely meeting these deadlines. What about those that are just barely not meeting these deadlines? So what we're seeing is there's definitely a reluctance to just fire people because they missed the deadline. Um, I think that that employers are very interested in as much as possible working with staff and trying to kind of have those conversations and, you know, kind of motivating them, you know, finding other ways to motivate them. So 
you know, for example, I mean, the city at San Francisco, there's a process that, that they have to go through. So, you know, there is an actual, you know, it's, it's required that they go through a sort of, um, mitigation to before, before they actually fire somebody. So they actually, you know, have to work through that. So it's not like you miss the deadline and you're immediately fired. Um, and then Kaiser, for example, uh, recently announced, you know, that about 2000 employees had missed their deadline for being vaccinated. Um, and you know, those employees are, are being placed on paid leave, um, or they're, you know, being reassigned or kind of taken off the rolls, but they're not being let go. They're, they're kind of, they extended the deadline for those folks and essentially just, you know, they want to keep working with them. They want to kind of keep trying them and try to find ways to get them on board. So I think, that's what we're seeing now. Um, it'll be, you know, it's it's hard to say how many of these folks who who have missed this deadline or who are really resistant are ultimately going to be put off the job. You know, there's been some talk also of, of you know, I think in other other departments, I know the police department, San Francisco has talked about moving people to jobs that don't that take them, you know, out of high risk situations. That's not going to be a forever answer. They're going to have to figure out what to do with those folks at some point. But for now, there is there seems to be a reluctance to just fire people. All right, Aaron, let's leave it there. Thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me again, Damien. Thanks to my guest today, Chronicle Health reporter Aaron Alday, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. <laughs>